You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. edition of God Stories Radio. This is session 255. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? Thursday Thursday night. night. We made it again. Yeah, man. No place I'd rather be than right here. Oh, yes. I wake up Thursday morning after I do my morning stuff with Father, and I just can't wait for 7.30. I know, right? Hello to everybody on Mixler. You guys have dialed into a good one tonight. I promise you. We promise. Yes, it's going to be exciting. Oh, so yes. be prepared. Get comfy and Yep. Maybe some be tissues. Be prepared. Get those Lock the ears kids in the other room. Get those ears ready some to coffee. listen. It's going to be awesome. Get uh, some scones. <laughs> we had scones last week. Yes, we did. Well, almost all of us had scones. Almost. Uh, we <laughs> Well, you're doing the keto. Yeah. But we're trying to get her to do a keto scone. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Bone and your wife. Yes. The Simple Scone, if you yes. haven't checked it out. That's it. Do. God Stories Radio, sponsored by The Simple Scone. <laughs> King well, of the shameless plug we are. Yes, we are. What's going on, Mikey? Well, I had a something that happened this week, not only with the guest and everything else, but um, you have heard stories of, you know, me praying for my, my son, Junior, uh, because of the way, you know, I brought him up and, you know, he came close to saying he's almost atheist and, and so on and so forth. And then that was passed down to my grandson and my granddaughter. Well, the last uh, two to three years, I have been able to be blessed to work with my grandson where I work. And I actually trained him for about a year or so at the beginning. And Tuesday was his last day. And because he's going uh, way up uh, to the panhandle for college. And um, I told him a couple of days, I asked him what day he's leaving and what time. And I said, well, make sure you tell me because I want to walk you outside. I don't care what they say. I'll walk you outside and I want to pray for you. And it came time for him to leave Tuesday. And he actually asked me, are you going to come out with me? I said, yes, I am. Oh, that's awesome. Uh Uh-huh. And I went out and we were talking and I just put my hand on his shoulder and I started praying and there was tears and then talk again and some more tears. And I kept on praying and even threw in there, father, save him. And, uh, it just, it was 
something else. That's for sure for this week. Fantastic. It was. Oh, that's so touching, Mike. So very touching. Wonderful. What's going on, babe? Anything? It's, you know, been a rough week. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, any likes, dislikes, new countries? We do. We have some Facebook likes. Oh, wonderful. So we want to say thank you to Sandra McCaleb Weber. Thank you, Sandra. For liking us on Facebook. Welcome to the GSR family. Welcome to the GSR family. Anybody else out there that has not liked us yet on Facebook, please do so. And you be welcome to the God Stories Radio family. Amen to that. Well, I don't, I'm going to, I don't have anything. Nothing? <laughs> no, no, I, I really, you I don't, don't want to waste any more time. I, I, I so want to get to our guest who is calling in tonight, long distance, I think from Arizona. Arizona. And uh, Mikey, I'll uh, pass it over to you and let you do the introduction. Okay. All right. Well, our guest tonight, her testimony, it will absolutely rock your world. I just happened upon it, what Father now is doing through her. But in the midst of that, I came across her testimony on the 700. Again, this testimony will rock you. It will rock you in more ways than one with what happened to her as a young teenager. She and her husband, Tim, are lead pastors at the Bridge Church in Arizona. She has a few ministries that she founded as well, one being Covenant Prayer Movement, a prayer and intercession ministry, another called Restoration Ministry, a deliverance and inner healing ministry. And this third one, I just happened upon, coincidence, a couple of weeks ago called Spirit Move Ministry, a prophetic ministry whose goal is to continue to reveal what God is speaking and saying because his spirit still moves. I give you Liberty Turnipseed. Hey, Liberty, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Hi. Welcome, Liberty. <laughs> Thank you for saying yes. Not everybody does. And she said yes only a couple days ago. I know, right? And yes. she's a busy lady. <laughs> well, she's got three ministries and she's a lead pastor. I know. Thank she's you so much. got a few much. things going on. And somewhere in there, she probably cooks and uh, maybe sleeps. <laughs> Thank you for carving the time out yeah, of your schedule. A little bit. <laughs> I'll just tell you that uh, we serve an amazing God and mm. I can start preaching, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, very easy for me, um, but we serve an amazing God and um, he is very real. And so um, as I share my story tonight, I just pray that those listening, um, especially if you have not made the decision yet that that you will know that uh, it is true, it is real, and the Bible is not a myth, and it's not made up. And so Amen. having said that, um, you know, basically, uh, my story just kind of started, you know, I'm going to try to give you the short version of my childhood, basically. Um, I was raised not in a Christian home, and I, I'm going to put that out there as a foundation to my testimony, because People will say, um, well, they expect you to say that because you're a pastor. And, uh, you know, we've heard that as pastors, you know, well, we expect you to say that. We expect you to, of course, you're going to quote the Bible and you're going to, you know, do all that because you're a Christian and it's what you do. But um, I'll just tell you, it's way bigger than that. Um, It's not just that this is what we do. 
there's a reason that I'm here doing what I do. And it's, it's not because I was raised in religion or I was raised in a Christian home. I was not raised with any of that. And so I had no basis to, to even understand anything that I'm about to tell you. So, um, I, I literally had nothing to gauge anything from because the only thing that I knew was, uh, an alcoholic mother that I had, um, a serious alcoholic and, uh, my childhood was full of, um, in and out of homes, foster homes, abuse, being homeless. Uh, there's so much that happened to me just by the time I was 12 or 13. Uh, literally I had lived already lived the life of a 40 year old by the time I was 12 or 13. And mm -hmm. so, and throughout those years, there was no, um, Christianity in, in our, my family's lifestyle at all. And it was drugs and alcohol abuse. And so, um, you know, I didn't really know anything about a God. Now I did know, and I will tell you, you know, uh, and I might mention it again later, but my mom was very into the occult. She was very into uh, witchcraft and um, reading tarot cards and doing all that. And so that's what I saw growing up. I never saw the, the God side of it necessarily at all. And so um, I had, I didn't know anything about the Bible. Uh, we did not read the Bible growing up. We did not, I don't even know if we had one in our house. And so, um, you know, I'm just, I'm painting a picture for you here so you can understand um, just how real God is and that he is not a myth and uh, it is not fake. The Bible is not fake. It's the real deal. And, uh, you know, so just understand. So here, let's fast forward. You know, I'm growing up. I'm tossed all around. My mom's an alcoholic. And uh, it, it's a pretty terrible childhood. Sorry, I'm taking a sip of my tea. Um, and, you know, my mom had boyfriends in and out of the house. And, and I'm not going to try to camp here too long. But I will just say that one of the first things that thrust me into the life that I was in before I was radically saved was um, when my mother, uh, her boyfriend was was in general pretty abusive. They drank very heavily and they had been out uh, partying all night. It was a normal thing. And they came home and they were uh, just in a big old having a big old fight. And so uh, in the midst of the fight, I was 14 years old. I had just turned 14. And my stepfather um, in his drunkenness, when I was trying to stand up for my mom, he, uh, he was a biker and he wore steel toed boots and, uh, he kicked me to shut me up, um, and to get me out of, out of the way. Um, he kicked me just directly in the face, um, with his steel toed boot, broke my nose, busted my lip. <laughs> um, and so I blacked out. I was, I didn't even know what happened. I didn't know anything until after I came to. And um, I ran out the back door of my mom's trailer to go find the neighbors. And I was, there was blood everywhere. And I, I, I realized what was going on. And so, um, she, you know, she called the police um, and an ambulance and he got arrested. And so he gets arrested. And then basically, you know, he's arrested. And he's gone and, and there's a restraining order against him that he can't come on the property. 
well, after about a week, um, I guess my mom decided that uh, she didn't want to be without him. And so I had came home from school um, off the bus. I came home and I, I went up to the trailer and all my stuff had been packed and was sitting outside. And there was a note. Nobody was there. There was just a note that said, he's in, you're out. You have to find somewhere else to go. And you were, and so, you were 14. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and you have to understand my life had been pretty rough. So it's not like I, I was a real, you know, I wasn't real wimpy in, in that sense. I was just like, it was scary. But what ended up happening was I ended up diving deeper into drugs and alcohol, which, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to do because of watching my mother, but I did it. And so I went into to that whole world of the drugs and, and alcohol. And it was when I was about um, 17 that I started um, having a whole lot of spiritual stuff going on. And I had no idea about the God side of anything. And so um, uh, I was it w- probably it was about nine months before my actual salvation experience, nine or 10 months. Um, uh, a whole lot happens, uh, radical spiritual stuff. I began to, uh, you know, um, just not know who I was. Um, I, I wouldn't, I would lose days. And I know people say that when you do drugs, but it wasn't like that. It was something else was going on. And so, um, you know, I told my husband and his family were Christians and we were just married. I was, cause we got married when I was 17. And so he takes us to his pastor and his pastor says, well, it's the devil, it's demonic. And of course, you know, I knew about the occult witchcraft stuff, although I wasn't really involved in it. I just lived in the home with it. And I had no idea about any of that. And he said, "Um, that's demonic and you have to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth um, and take authority over it. Well, of course, I knew nothing. I had no idea what he was even talking about. And so we leave and I'm like, okay, you know, that was my whole counsel was rebuke. (laughs) And I don't even know what that means, you know? So, um, so a a little more time goes by and, um, we're living in our apartment and I'm in the apartment and I go to leave. Um, uh, and this is some of the story that they did not have time to tell on 700 club because they're very limited on, on their time. But this is some of the details that we're not able to be in there. But um, we were in the apartment and uh, uh, my husband, Tim, was at work and I come out and all of a sudden I see um, this part I did talk about. The dark demons just they were on the walls. They were climbing the walls. And um, I was sober as can be that day. It was just a normal day. I had gotten up on a normal morning. Uh, we weren't out partying all weekend and we weren't on drugs or anything. It was just a normal day. And uh, I went out and I saw these the black things covering the walls. And so I ran back in the room and I was like, I had to think to myself, what is going on? And um, I had to just assess the situation because for whatever reason, they weren't in the room where I was sleeping, but they were in the other area of the house. And so I was like, OK, I don't know what's going on, but um, I have to leave. And the only way out is through the living room. And that's where all the demons are. And so I didn't know they were demons. I just saw black things on the walls and they were coming towards me. And so I came out. And when I came out, 
they did it again. They started coming at me. And so I ran in, back into the room and continued to just assess, you know, and I couldn't pray because I didn't know anything about anything like that. And so I was just assessing my situation, thinking, how can I get out of here to go call somebody to come and save me? And so, um, and definitely, you know, then the thought of having to tell them that there's demons on the walls and everything else. And so mm -hmm. I come out and it was like the third time I tried to leave the apartment and they all just came in on me and uh, um, I just got really scared and I threw myself on the floor and I didn't know what to do. And then I remembered I had like this little moment where I was like, I remembered what the pastor had said to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I was like, okay. And so um, I rebuked as loud as I could in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then all of a sudden, boom, they, the black things all over the walls, just boom, disappeared. And I was like, whoa, you know, I, of course I was scared. I had no idea what was going on. And um, I was just like, I, I need to get out. So I left, I went out the door and I closed it. And as I was walking up our driveway to go towards the street to go to the neighbors to use their phone, um, I went up, was walking up towards the street. Well, out of nowhere from behind, I feel the hair on the back of my neck stand straight up and I knew something was really wrong. And so I turned around and I am not making this up. This is the real deal. There was a man of glass about nine foot tall Whoa. in the shape of, um, I mean, just huge muscular, um, and literally we, he was made of glass and that's the only way I can explain it. And, um, I literally cannot make this stuff up because I had nothing to gauge it from at the time. And so here he is and he comes out and he's standing in front of the door and I, I feel it. I turn around and I see him and, he just stands there and he looks at me. Um, and at the time I didn't have a thought to think, Oh, this is a demon. I was just like, what in the world? And, um, he started coming towards me and I turned around to run. And this is a part that was not in my story, um, on TV. I be, I turned around to run from the man of glass and it was like three steps in. And then all of a sudden I just, it just came over me. I can rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I stopped, I turned around and I looked right at the man of glass. And I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command you to go and poof, he disappeared. And literally um, it was those couple of moments, uh, very dramatic moments. I literally had thought I had lost my mind. I was like, what is going on? And so that was it on for that one experience I had. And so then I left and I went and I called my husband and I said, you know, I told him and I'm sure he thought I was just crazy and psycho in the head. And cause I was trying to tell him everything that happened and all the demons and the man of glass. And he was just like, what, you know? And, um, and so it was after that day though, I told the Lord because it freaked me out so bad. I told him, I said, I said, God, I said, I still wasn't fully clicking that he was real necessarily. I just knew that when I rebuked, it worked. And so I said to God that day, though, I said, I said, if you're real, please do not let the demons come back. 
because I said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, we've all said that. I had no idea what that meant to <laughs> go to church. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm promising God, if he keeps the demons away, that I'll do something that I wasn't going to do because, you know, I had no idea about what it was to be Christian. So, um, but I made these promises. And so, um, of course I never kept them. And so fast forward. Um, and now at, at that time when that happened, that was about, you know, between eight to 10 months before my actual salvation experience was all that demonic activity. And there was probably a couple of other things that had happened um, that, you know, I'm sure there was, but those were the main ones that were, that totally changed my life. And so a few months go by and of course, um, you know, we never went to church. We never did anything, you know, like I promised God. And um, so then we're living in a different apartment. We moved to get um, out of town and get out of that apartment because I'd had enough of it. So we went to move to another apartment and um, I wasn't having a lot of experiences or anything there. There, what was happening was, is um, I just started feeling uh, like the need to pray at night. And it just was, I don't, I don't even know why. And I just felt like I needed to pray before I went to sleep at night. So, um, and, and I didn't even have any idea what that even was or because, you know, I was not raised with any of that. So I had no idea about praying at night or anything. I just began to pray and um, my own little whatever prayers. And as I prayed, it, it was just weird. I, I, I say it now like it's weird because I know that, you know, it's not weird now in my life, but then it was weird that, um, that, you know, I started praying and the next thing, you know, um, uh, you know, I took the, my grandmother, um, um, who was a Christian, but I was not raised around her whatsoever. And she was only in my life until like right around the time that this stuff was happening. Um, she had given me a Bible and of course I didn't crack it open. I had no idea about a Bible. Uh, my mom didn't have a Bible. Um, and it was just, it wasn't anything that we had. So, I just thought that's my grandma being grandma. Um, and so I just hid it away somewhere or something. We kept it, but I hid it away. Well, um, what ended up being my turning point, basically, besides those other things, which should have been my turning point, um, was we, we had had a big party at our apartment and invited a bunch of our friends over. And they were just partying and drinking and um my nieces were there. They were like seven and eight years old and a big old drunken fight broke out and a big old, there was a big old scene and, uh, furniture was knocked over and it's just, it was just bad. And I was horrified because my nieces were there and they should have not have seen that. And what if, for whatever reason I knew in my right mind at that, they shouldn't have been there for that. And, um, so I just felt terrible. And so the next morning, literally I woke up and I think it's just, I was, he made me a very stubborn person and strong willed. So, um, I woke up and I said to my husband, I said, I said, uh, that's not going to happen again. And he was like, I know, I'm sorry, but it got out of hand. And I said, no, I said, there will not be another drop of alcohol in this house. I said, I am dead serious. And he knew I meant it. And um, I said that 
you know, my nieces, my nieces were so scared. They were hiding under the table. And so I was like, that, that's it. I said, you know, I can't live this way. I am not my mom. I'm not doing, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And so I literally told them we're done. And um, then it was a couple more weeks because uh, there was still the marijuana besides the drinking. And so by this time, the meth had pretty much, we weren't doing as much meth by this time. And, um, but still doing drugs and alcohol. And so we had went to a friend's house and we, he went, my husband went in and he came back out and he said, so-and-so wants to, um, wants us to come in and smoke a joint. And I said, I said, no. And, um, he said, he said, well, we quit drinking. And I said, yes. And I said, we're not smoking no more dope either. It's done. And And so, um, literally it was, that was my main moment. I still had no idea about, you know, accepting Christ or anything like that. I just knew I was done with that life after what my mother had put me through and then putting my own self through all that stuff. I knew I was done. And I just told him, I said, it's, it's me or the drugs. And so he said, of course, obviously we're still together this many years later. So (laughs) he chose the marriage over the marijuana. So, um, uh, so then, uh, it was after that, that I continued to pray every night, I had no idea what I was saying, what I was doing. And then, um, we agreed to go to church. His parents, um, asked us to go to church. And so we went with them and it was about three or four weeks into attending, um, their church that, um, when I had my radical salvation experience and um, you know, once again, some of the stuff they could not put on the TV show, but basically what happened that day was um, I had been, you know, just doing whatever at the apartment, um, whatever. I was just home doing whatever. And he was at work and all of a sudden the 700 club tape um, TV show came on. I had never heard of them, had no idea. And, uh, it came on and for whatever reason, I, w- I went ahead and watched like 30 minutes of it and it gets to the end of the show. And Pat Robertson asks, uh, you know, if anyone would like to receive Christ at the end of the show. And I had no idea. All I know is I had been to church like three times. I knew nothing about anything. And, um, I just knew that, you know, I knew there was power in the name of Jesus because of my prior experience, even though it took me a few months to get there. And that day I just was like, this is my moment. I said, I'm going to say the prayer. And so literally I grabbed my mother's, I mean, my grandmother's um, old Bible that she had given me. I went and found it and I was holding it and sitting on the floor and they didn't really put that in there, but that's really how it happened. And I was sitting on the floor with the Bible and uh, just holding it. And I said the prayer. And after I said the prayer, about 30 minutes later, I started feeling really weird, like tired and like not right. And I laid on the couch and just fell asleep. And then next thing you know, um, as I'm laying there, I, I, I realized I had fallen asleep and I didn't even know that I had fallen asleep. And I'm laying there and I feel like something's holding my mouth closed and holding me down, holding my eyes closed. And um, I felt like a muzzle was on me 
and I had no idea what was going on. And uh, so I began to struggle. I began to come out of my sleep and struggle and realize this is the real deal that whatever's happening, this is like really happening. I'm not dreaming this. And um, in that moment, once again, I just remembered uh, what the pastor said about rebuking Jesus. And I, I knew that it had to be the demons. And in that moment, I didn't really think, you know, they're mad because I accepted Christ because I didn't know enough to even think that. But I just began to say the name Jesus and I, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get it out. And I literally had to say it like 30 times. And it was like the 30th time I cried out Jesus. And um, finally, the, the devil's hand, the demon's hand finally let, let go of my mouth and, and let go of me and stop holding me down. And then as soon as um, I got to the very last screaming out loud, Jesus, um, all of a sudden I heard this loud screech like Freddy Krueger. You guys know Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you listening might not know, but uh, <laughs> um, old scary movies. But he had that glove with the little you know, knife things on the end and he would scrape stuff. And so literally that's what it. I mean, that's the only thing I could attribute it to at the time, because definitely I would have been watching those movies. So, but as soon as he let go, he was not happy. He was mad. And, and he, it it sounded like he took his hand and he scraped the back of my couch and it was a really loud, eerie metal on metal scraping. And then all of a sudden I heard a scream, a demonic scream and the demon screamed at the top of its lungs in anger. And then the more times I kept saying Jesus, it, the scream got further away and then boom, it was gone. The demons were gone. And um, it was, it, it was the real deal and it was true and it happened and there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, everything is real if you're listening to this and you have not if you're not sure about this god thing i am telling you um i am living proof that the 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 lord is real that demons are real it's all true and um i jumped up and i i got up and i looked around and um and i was like oh my gosh and it was like i was just i don't even know how to explain it like i was just filled with holy ghost fire and I got up and I ran around the apartment and all of a sudden God started speaking to me. And I had, like I said, no religious background. So when I was growing up, nobody told me this is not good for you. That's not good for you. You shouldn't watch that. You shouldn't listen to that. You know, I I didn't learn any of that. And so I had nothing to base anything off of except for the Holy Ghost. And so I got up and he literally took me through my house. And every single thing that was not of him, he had me gather it up in garbage bags mm. and take it to the dumpster. And I, I was so, it, I can't even explain the fire of getting it out of my house, but it, but it was like, I had, I had no idea. I just knew that he would, he took me around and he literally told me what music to chuck, what, what shirts to get rid of any clothing, um, anything in the house that, um, 
that was unholy and that he didn't like. Um, and I didn't even know. It's not like I went looking around like what's unholy in my house. You know, I I wasn't religious. I had nothing to base it on. And um, I just went by what he told me. And I spent about 30 minutes just cl- clearing out my house. And um, and I went and chucked everything. And then I called my mother-in-law and I told her what happened. And of course, because she's already Pentecostal, so she's and a Christian. So she's like, did you burn it? Did the demons come out of the fire? You know, anyway, this is really my story. <laughs> like this is, I'm not making this stuff up. So <laughs> this was our conversation. And I was like, well, no, I didn't think of that. I just was, you know, getting rid of it, whatever God was telling me. And so, um, and so literally that was the moment that I knew that Jesus Christ was all powerful. And, um, it doesn't matter, you know, what the devil brings, what he tries to do, how much he tries to scare us. Jesus Christ is all powerful and he's real. And he died on the cross. You know, Liberty, your, um, your story reminds me so much of what I went through as a young woman too. And, you know, we can get off track and not really having a foundation of Christ, still God kind of having his hand on my life. And, you know, we don't realize when we're young, we think, oh, it's no big deal to smoke some pot or to do this, to do that, to get drunk. But we don't realize these are gateways for these spirits to come into us. Um, and it's sort of like opening the door. And once you open the door, they all want to flock in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're not wise enough at that time to really understand because we don't have the foundation, we don't have the basis, et cetera. But do you know, um, I had to do the same thing because I was having the same types of experiences that you're talking about where spirits are either, Um, showing up at night or, you know, swinging me around above my bed and just really strange, bizarre things, you know, trying to attack you when you're sleeping and, um, you know, even seeing them at some point too, um, staring at me and it was terrifying. It was utterly terrifying. But, um, you know, I had started going to church and a pastor had told me, you know, I need you to look around your house for anything that you might have brought in that is not of God, that is ungodly because, you know, by that time I had stopped with drugs and so forth, but I didn't realize that I had brought things into my home that were evil, you know, and they were from other countries and things like that because I had traveled a little bit, but I had no idea. Um, And not that it has to be from other countries, but, you know, you just don't know the spirit that's behind some of the things that we bring into our homes. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's what I would encourage our listeners to do is think about the spirit behind some of these things. Music was a good example, but now we have video games in this generation um, and we have, you know, movies and we have just so much stuff that is a cult that's out there that is um, manifesting its way into our homes. Um, So I did the same thing. I rebuked it. I gathered it all together and I smashed it to bits and got rid of it, you know, because I couldn't burn it, but I was able to get rid of it. But 
that's what it took. You know, mm-hmm. so if anybody out there that's listening is experiencing some of these things, these are your clues. You know, this is what you need mm-hmm. to do. Um, and if it still doesn't leave by that time, um, you know, after you've called on the name of yeah. Jesus and you have you have gotten everything that you believe out of your house that you can, um, then it's time to go get some help, you know, from a pastor. Mm-hmm. They are real. That's for sure. Yep. It is. Yep. I had a, an incident, uh, early Christian, um, when father take, started to take me on the journey and I was in this house in Tampa, Florida, and there was like uh, six or seven bedrooms in the house. And I get to choose one of them because I was going to kind of like keep an eye on the place, make sure she, as she filled up the rooms that there was going to be no orgies and stuff like that. So I chose the room in the back and the first night there, I swear I saw stuff looking at me through, I mean, actually the devil looking at me through the window with it dark out at night. Mm -hmm. And I had to lay there all night with a Bible on my chest and just laid there until the morning. And then I went to the Bible study teacher that I uh, went to for a number of years and I told him about it. And he says, well, you need to go um, into each room and rebuke in the name and the blood of Jesus in every room. and." I'm telling you, when I went and walked into each room, but there, you know, the room itself that I was in, my hair stood up on end. And then when mm-hmm. I went into some of the other rooms, it was fine. But then when I hit the the uh, den, as soon as I opened the door and went in there, all of a sudden my hair stuck up, stood up again. So again, I did it in every room, but I rebuked in the name and the blood of Jesus. And um, it's real. It is real. And, yeah. um, so then they, then they said, because I still had problems, they said, uh, is everything in there yours? And I said, well, there, everything I brought in is mine. I says, but I just left a handmade angel on the top of the window, uh, blind. And I left it there because it was there and it was an angel. That's what it was. Yeah. Wow. You know, it can be, it can be in anything. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can resonate with that experience of having something looking back at you through a window because uh, mm-hmm. that was what I had experienced right. too. And I thought, well, why would, why would father take me through something like that early, that early on in my walk? Yeah. But I mean, you experienced before you even got to the walk. Yep. But that's what I, I tend to see is that it happens to early Christians. You know, it's not really happening to people. Well, it tries already... to pick you off before you understand what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So, Liberty, I know there's people listening right now that have been, excuse me, impacted by your story. Can you um, just tell our listeners uh, if they wanted to contact you a little bit about Spirit Move Ministries and how they could contact you if if you do that. Uh, I know that you take pride in answering every one of your emails. So, To the best I can. Yeah, to the best you can. And I would love <laughs> folks to know how to get in touch with you. Yeah, they can email spiritmoveministries at gmail.com. All right. And, uh, that's the, the best way for Spirit Move Ministries. And of course, we have the other ministries and uh, the deliverance. And, you know, and, and I will just say that um, 
if people hearing my story will help you to understand why I do what I do now, because there is no reason for people not to be free. Amen. And, um, deliverance ministry, that's the Lord had me create that. And, um, you know, and then the prayer was already just because he's, he birthed the intercessor in me and, you know, that's my heart is prayer from the the foundation of everything is prayer. And so, but I, I just want to say one thing too, to those listening that, um, that I wanted to touch on, um, what you guys were saying about, you know, even the continued attacks, because, because this can really get people discouraged. And, you know, I will tell you, and I've told this to some of our new believers as they come in and they're still having issues after about a year or two, even, um, they you just know that when when you accept Christ and you begin to walk away from the dark side and you begin to let Christ have authority in your life, the devil is not going to give up that easy. Yeah. And it's not a scary thing, but you need to know um, that it's a good thing that he's not wanting to give up. It, it gets old and it gets annoying. Um, the first few years. I got attacked with fear so bad. Um, I wasn't sleeping and all that because he kept trying to come back in the night. And, um, and I finally had to put my foot down one night in the middle of the night. Uh, I just went and literally stood in my, in my bathroom and I don't, I'm not saying for everybody to do this. So don't Mm. necessarily take this as counsel, but um, I stood in, I stood in my bathroom at 3 AM and I just said, devil, I said, I've had enough of you. And I said, if you want to show your face, we're going to duke it out right here. I said, but you will leave my house and you will stop messing with me at night. And I said, "Um, I know you're afraid to face me. And I had this whole literal confrontation with, you know, the devil letting him know. And after that night, he never came back and attacked me in the night again. Oh. And but I, I had to stand firm and tell him. And so I'm just saying this to let those listening uh, know that you when you accept Christ, there's no guarantee of um, easy peasy comfort. <laughs> there can be a, there can be a honeymoon stage. But but I'm saying this to encourage you to not give up on your walk with God because of the attacks that might come afterwards, because he's going to continue to try to mess with you. And, but, but you should never be afraid because even though it feels scary, it feels frustrating. Just know that, um, the power that lives in you is greater than anything that can come against you. Amen. You cannot give up. Don't give up because I'll tell you, I get emails, I get testimonies, um, literally hundreds a day. And I will tell you, um, the biggest thing I can tell you is don't give up on your walk with God and don't believe that when the enemy brings schemes against you and messes with you, that that means that you're failing or you're not going to make it or you've lost your salvation. Those are all lies of the enemy. You are still a child of God, um, but there's a fight and there's a battle and it was it's been here since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And, and we're just here in the midst of it. Um, fighting on the Lord's side on the earth, but just know that um, that's the biggest thing. Cause I know for me, I will tell you what kept me going was, was because my, my salvation experience was so radical 
um, I knew the power of the cross. And so that's what's carried me. And I never looked back. You couldn't have paid me enough money. If you, I, you couldn't have given, offered me millions of dollars. I would have not taken it. I would have never turned back and just know that in, in the end, it's worth it. Um, your life in Christ is worth it mm-hmm. and it's worth it. it. We've been given that power and that authority, yes. but it's not a good thing to take on Satan alone. No, no. Gosh, in the world we live in today, I don't, uh, I don't know how people make it without Christ. I really Mm -hmm. don't. I really don't. And uh, if you, if you get a chance, check out Liberty's YouTube channel too. She's got some, some prophetic messages over there Mm -hmm. and uh, you you owe it to yourself to, uh, to check that out. And we're going to have Liberty back. Uh, She's, she already said that she would come back and Right. Talk a little bit about the prophecy side. Right. Well, and that's what uh, we spoke about this morning that I knew that this, uh, the testimony part was going to take it uh, to a point where if we went past that with the other stuff that would probably take it like two hour yeah. thing. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So we talked and, and she said that she would uh, gladly come back next week and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to hear what, how God is using her. I can't wait through spirit move ministry. Absolutely. I'm excited, you know, and I'm so glad that um, you're being so candid and open because I feel like it's the only way other people can grow and um, connect and really understand that, hey, this doesn't just happen um, to one person. It happens to many people. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of times we only want to talk about the good stuff, but we have to talk about the, the ugly as well. And unfortunately, this is part of the ugly and the scary, but it needs to be known and it needs to be said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, I was just, I was just thinking that, you know, she she said uh, before that, uh, you know, when Satan continues to come at you, he knew, especially in a liberty situation where she was going, what what father was going to use her for. So he didn't give up for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's, he's keeping at you. He knows that you're about ready to do something. Yeah. You always know you're on the right track, don't you? Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Yep. That's a sign. Well, listen, if you happen to miss any portion of Liberty's testimony, it will be out tonight on uh, the Facebook page and every major listening platform, whatever you desire is uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, I mean, (laughs) radio.com. There's a ton of them, and, and we're just thankful that the Lord has given us all of those outlets. And that's even on YouTube, if you, you can go and listen on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, you can rewind and, and hear her testimony from the beginning, and I totally encourage you to do that. Right. Uh, did, you, uh, did you say, uh, you said you were going to look it up, but did you for what 255 stood for? No, not yet. I haven't. Okay. But I will tell you this. If it's okay that I say this, sure. Um, um, cause the next show is two fifty six, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had a prophetic dream about two fifty six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, I'm going to go back and I'll go back and find it for next week. But, um, as soon as you said two, you know, you asked me to come back and it was going to be two fifty six. I knew that I have that written somewhere, uh, yeah. Father, the Lord was telling me 256. Father so, knew. Wow, there Father you go. He's, yes, he's, he did. He's up to something. Wow. <laughs> you better. He's up to something. Yeah, it's kind of funny how, you know, he's 
the God of numbers. And we've had people come in that you kind of added the two together or would take like 25 plus five or something mm-hmm. like that. And well, it wouldn't I know something. I know five stands for grace. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. 255 is double grace. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, wow, that's something that she had a, a, a prophetic thing for number 256, which she is going to be. And we didn't even talk about that until nope. early, later this, or earlier this morning. That's how Father rolls. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, Liberty, yeah. I know that I am really um, amazed at your candor and your honesty with people. And I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate that you put it all out there, um, that you are preaching to win souls. And it's so important in this day and age and time. So I am so grateful that there are people like you out there. That's fantastic. And I appreciate everybody that's uh, hung in there with us on Mixler for this entire time. And I'm sure you're not disappointed. And if you have questions, you can get us at GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. You can also email Liberty. What was that, Liberty, at once more? Spirit move. Spirit move ministry at gmail.com at gmail.com. You got it right there. Check out our YouTube channel and uh, just put the date down next week, seven thirty, session two fifty six. Liberty will be back for she, part she's two. Su- she's supposed to be back for part two. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yep. Amen. I'm just wow. That's just to think about that. She had prophetic number 256. And that, I mean, yeah. I'm just in awe. Yep. That's how Father rolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out. That's going to wrap it up for uh, session 255. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless you. God bless. God bless.